0: Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Finding Backcountry podcast. You are blessed today with the capital all caps. Robbie all caps t <laughs> t, t- h e like not just the you know somebody made something up, but like the Robbie denning how you doing buddy no, no, no no
1: no no <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, how many energy drinks have you had this morning?
0: uh, I'm working on so here's my new favorite thing is one's just not enough, right? This is a common s- song of a of an addict, but one's not enough, <laughs> <laughs> and so all right, all right right i'll I'll start early, right, I start early with one. And then halfway through or, you know, towards the afternoon, I'm like, gosh, like, you know, I used to be like, frick, man, like, so I would wait till 10 in the morning so I could space one out for the whole day. But now I'm like, no, I'm an adult and I can drink as many as I want. And so (laughs) I'll crack a, a freshie at like three and I only drink, you know, a quarter or a half of it, maybe. And then it sits in the fridge overnight. But then that becomes my my breakfast right so yeah making I'm,
1: yourself feel better
0: yeah
1: <laughs> An- another uh, trade of addicts isn't it Is yeah. justification or something isn't that sort of stuff? So, yeah. i can't remember
0: yeah except <laughs> hey, but, but dude
1: uh, i've liked your energy drink reviews because i didn't have any idea how many energy drinks are oh. out there i've always just been a rock star guy Listen, and, and then uh, you know i see monsters in there i i guess red bull the original but Man, yeah, some and- of these ones that you whip out I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't even know that existed
0: Listen, and this, I just, listen An episode's coming that I did with Carter And Bronson, the epic guys And I made this this argument Pretty strongly um, You know, not that they're not a bigger Force, obviously, and a bigger audience And more people follow them And they drink white monsters, obviously But I am the Connoisseur, it's either between me And Ched, Crazy, right? Because we're the ones Who are putting our necks <laughs> on the line <laughs>
1: We got a battle going we're willing
0: here. we're willing to put our reputations on the line and drink an energy drink called the rooster booster right that is from yep, Poland yep. or wherever the heck that thing <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so is
1: that episode released yet
0: no uh we, we well should
1: name it the caffeine
0: episode <laughs> yeah uh ca- have heavy caffeine talk and heavy llama talk but it's there you go buddy. it probably will be out by the time this released actually so all yeah.
1: right I'll listen in
0: anyway um man good stuff robbie how the heck are you like uh oh just pretty
1: good for uh for
0: pretty much being done hunting for the
1: year and um i kind of got done early just didn't want my the latest tag i had just ran till last week so i'm just in here twiddling my thumbs there's a couple of late archery hunts open and you know, you, you mostly just are threatening deer on those, but I've been trying to talk my son into going on those just so that my wife would release me for a few more days, but so far he hasn't taken the
0: bait. So I might be done. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, is that at this point in your journey, we'll call it, I mean, is that like refreshing or is it like, you're still just like Frick man, one more tag, one more hunt
1: it's both dude i mean i, I you know I, I hunt a lot you know so i you know i get tired i'm, I'm always glad and i can kind of wrap it up my life kind of falls apart during hunting season i'm just trying to keep life going and you know the home going and work going of which i do but you're still you're always behind you know so like when i got back last week um, i got back in town on monday night and man, it just all of a sudden it was like friday night and and it was just a a, a tornado of activity trying to get stuff caught up and you know my wife wanted to get new windows in the house so i had to jump right on that and get everything and i'm not putting them in i, I don't have those kind of skills but you know get, get everything ready for the guys to come and yeah. so so that's always good when that part's over but yeah i'm always a, a, a little bummed when, it, when it's over especially if i didn't get a deer like this year um you know you're just you, you you want to get a deer but luckily i'm the proud owner of a cow elk and no, notice i differentiate between owning an elk and, and being an elk hunter um so we're we're in good shape for the freezer and, and i and i really do like uh to eat elk so we're good there but yeah man i wish there was a little more opportunity and would love to have punched a buck tag but i i knew this spring with everything i was seeing and where all my tags landed it was going to be a tough year and man it it was but but i had a great year um got to hunt bucks up to about 180 i found um two that i wanted badly and tried hardly to get them and just it just didn't come together so it Mm. wasn't all a bust uh but but yeah I, i wish there was some more opportunity
0: yeah well, I appreciated when I text you or set this up, you were very, I could tell you were like, okay, when are we doing this? Okay. Yep. Okay. Now leave me alone <laughs> because I've got so much uh, crap going on. Yeah,
1: but yeah, dude, I was so busy yesterday, but I thought, no, I want to do this. And I've been getting record, getting ready to record an episode and need to sit down and write one. And I thought, oh, this would be perfect. We can play it on both yeah. channels. And like when you and Travis did it, those are always popular. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, once I had you nailed down, I had to move on to the next fire. <laughs>
0: i'm getting a taste of that with a little you know uh backpack logistics and we do a subscription box now and you mm-hmm. know i don't have the llamas up here anymore but we used to have the llamas and especially like this time of year in the summer and hunts are coming and people are dropping llamas off and i so i got to, i get a little taste of what you're probably I going bet, through but yeah not at I your bet. level
1: i know probably dude i mean <laughs> You know, I don't work like a hundred hours a week or anything like that. I wouldn't do that to my family. I wouldn't do that to myself. But you know, there's just always something going on. You know, from seven thirty in the morning to, you know, six seven at night before you can wrap it up. And and uh, it's it just keep just keeps you hopping. But you know, that's just life. I don't want to complain. Well, like my um, dad said the only thing worse than being busy is not having a job. <laughs>
0: One of the best quotes that I ever heard is from one of uh, the church leaders that I'm from the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day saints, right? and and he he was in like a Q and A type session, and anyway, one of the comments he made that um, was, there, somebody asked him, must have asked him about work-life balance or something like that, <clears throat> or family family life work balance kind of a question and he said listen the biggest fallacy is that there is a balance there's no such mm-hmm. thing as balance because when i'm doing one i'm completely neglecting the others whether mm-hmm. it's my church calling or my job or you know you're just you can't be in two places at once and and so to you know that's the first step right is like understanding that hey we're going to get pulled different ways and then a guy like you i i haven't asked you this directly but i i would put my life on the line and say that you're a guy who prioritizes time with your family and your wife like hey nope this Mm -hmm. is blocked out right because you get it right you get that the hey you have to you have to and when i'm at work i'm at work and i'm neglecting them but when i'm with family like i'm gonna be with family so
1: yeah one of the one of the, the the greatest things i've discovered in the last couple of years is that do not disturb button on my phone <laughs> and um and it is possible to go to dinner with your family and leave your phone in the truck and all yeah. that you know i've really tried to practice that le- the last couple of years um you know and, and for a while work was so crazy that you know it was hard you, I, you know i i had a lot of employees you know where the club i worked for is open 24 hours a day there was just always something going on but just i don't know a couple of years ago i'm like I, i'm never done even if i'm at home i've never done and this isn't fair to me it's fair to my family and 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 like a lot of the experts have said, is you know it'll be there when you get back. And sure enough, man, Mm. sure enough. So I've I've learned that. You know, I used to go to the movie with my wife, take my phone. How dumb was that? You know, oh I I I won't be on it. Oh no, you're on it.
0: You were the guy that they put the little thing now at the beginning that's like click 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 click, and the volume's going down. Like hey, silence your phone. (laughs)
1: that's right i t- I turned the brightness way down but dude I, you know i I needed to have it because there may be an energy drink review popping up on instagram man i don't want to miss it i want to be the first one in there with a smart ass comment
0: <laughs> oh gosh well i love it here's here and here's our segue right because like when we have so much going on in life and it's, it just all listen technology the the biggest hoax of all time was that technology was going to make our lives easier. Do you remember back in like yep, 2000 Right, yep. right. All the oh. and everyone, it's kind of like Robbie, it's kind of like, tell me, it's not like the, the AI talk right now, right? Where mm-hmm. everyone's got this, we we can feel it brewing and this AI thing's coming one way or the other, it's going to come. Mm-hmm. It's like the internet. And we all like, there's almost like this thing that this like, Oh, as soon as AI comes, um, You know, not only do we want, we don't want them to, but they're going to take over all of our, all of our jobs Mm -hmm. and all of our tasks and all these things. Mm -hmm. Right. And man, that's exactly how it felt in 2000 when the internet was popping. It was like, oh geez, like. You know we're going to be able to automate so many things, and and all technology did was make make us more busy. It
1: does, dude. It does. You know, just like the ring, the whole ring doorbell thing. You know, my my wife wanted to get one. I'm like, yeah, that's great. We probably should have one. And supposed to make life simpler. Oh my gosh, dude, that is just constant notifications. Oh, a a bird landed on the rail. Oh, the UPS guy. Oh, there's some joggers that went by. I mean, just. Bing 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 bing. It's It's like you're right, dude. It's not gonna get less.
0: Yeah. That reminds me when we'd put we'd put trail cameras up where there was cows, not unknowingly, but we'd put trail cameras like down in Utah where there's cows, and you'd go check camera and you were so excited to see what was on there. Four thousand <laughs> pictures of some stupid cow just sitting there licking her nose like oh my gosh yeah. but.
1: or worse dude i've seen worse with cows you know backing right up to the camera <laughs> yeah. um yeah dude i've i filled several sd cards to four thousand capacity just nothing but but beef cows and you know what maybe there was a buck in there maybe there was a giant buck that yeah. i i <laughs> Didn't really go through all the pictures. He's probably using them as a,
0: yeah, he's probably using it as a shield, like Jeremiah Johnson with the the horse and the elk. Like, <laughs> Robbie go, doesn't here, know there how there many feet go. a cow has. Walk out there so I can get a drink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, hey uh, speaking of that dude our buddy our buddy not really born a hunter um, um, <laughs> as monikered by you probably the greatest name on instagram I, i'm gonna come and use that forever um i went hunting with him uh, a couple weeks ago and dude he does the jeremiah johnson with his mule like his mule will like let him walk beside it and kind of hide behind it my horse gets confused when i try to do it like why are you walking over there i thought i was supposed to stay behind you Yep. so i have to take a stick and like wrap wrap the reins around the end of the stick and then hold the stick out in front of me you know a couple feet and then the horse knows okay i should follow that but dude travis he, he just jumps off. off the mule i mean dude they're they're like soulmates and the mule reads his mind and they <laughs> do they just walk along and the mule just covers him up so whatever he's trying to block himself can't see it it's it's amazing
0: interesting of course of course travis knows how to do that <clears throat> yeah of course he does doesn't right he? And that that's a good point because when I trained my horse, like, I followed along with, uh, you know, a guy that's more of a, a rodeo type, you know, horse breaker, right, performance horse stuff. And it, <laughs> 90% of it's the same. But, like, things that I didn't like was just that. He, he would teach uh, his horse. He wanted his horses to lead by the side, right? That's how they, mm-hmm. when they're walking them from, you know, whatever, the arena or the barn to their, you know, round pen stuff. He wanted him walking beside. And I skipped that because, like you said, in the backcountry, it might just be a tiny little trail. And a horse that thinks it needs to walk beside you is a pain in the hind yes. end, right?
1: Yes, right. And dangerous. we've,
0: yeah, we've never, and dangerous, we've never had that application. And so until now, um, <laughs> apparently I need to get Poncho trained to, to do tricks off to the side. But
1: <clears throat> yeah, just do the stick like I did. You just get a stick and tie it around. And, and, and unless you're going to be like Travis and you spend so much time with your mule. Yeah, they, they begin to read your mind.
0: Huh? Interesting. Always a trick with that guy. Um. Oh yeah, he's a hoot talent with. And yeah. and,
1: and, and dude, we were there a couple of days before he violated the no swear rule. So dude, I'm thinking that's a podcast thing, you know? Because I mean, every time he's on a podcast, I set the timer. I think he has the record on your podcast. He made it 44 seconds that yep. one time. You remember yep.
0: that? Yep. I yeah, mean, dude,
1: dude, he's not. He wasn't like that when we were up hunting. Dude, it took a couple of days before I before I heard one of them come squeaking out. Huh.
0: So he's, he's like a, you know, a gentleman in the street, but a, you know, a bad boy on the podcast.
1: Yeah. He's a brawler on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Love you, Travis. Love you, buddy. Oh man. Speaking of Travis, he's down in that kind of that Utah is, is he actual Utah resident? I can't keep,
1: uh, no, well, Idaho? he is, but he lives in Idaho. Okay. So let me explain this. So you know, he, he lived, lived in Utah for a lot of years and then, then he jumped the border and he, and he moved over into Idaho and he started. He started saying he was an Idaho resident. I said, wait, whoa, 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 whoa wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, dude. <laughs> five years, five years, you can call yourself an Idaho resident. I mean, in Wyoming, you have to be there like 10. <laughs> I said, so, man, I'm cutting you a deal. So,
0: yeah, dude, he lives in
1: Idaho, but he's still a Utah resident in my mind.
0: <laughs> I've only been up here five, and I'm, I'm, I feel you like I still, listen, I still have not bought the signature Wyoming cowboy logo. And put it on like on my truck or like a flag out front or something right like i know my place i've only been here five years i'm not entitled to buy the wyoming uh cowboy you know riding a bronc
1: dude, yeah, dude, all respect to you bro for staying in your lane <laughs> i mean even lane. though you were wearing the hat long before you came to wyoming man yeah i i, I think that's great dude and, and, and have you bought your lifetime license in wyoming
0: no is that a thing because you
1: can't dude you can't buy one until you've lived there for 10 years
0: <laughs> is that a truth honestly yeah
1: that's the truth dude i've looked it up before
0: lifetime not deer license just lifetime hunting license
1: well hunting whatever you your lifetime privileges so you can't like move to wyoming for you yeah. know
0: six months like guys buy a do. lifetime yeah. license
1: move away and then still stay in the resident pools
0: yeah 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 but okay yeah i'll be looking forward to that i'm not planning on going anywhere yet so yeah so right now dude you're
1: all 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 hat no wyoming but in a
0: couple (laughs) years you'll be
1: all hat and wyoming
0: yep all hat and no cow for sure um (laughs) (laughs) i at least do have a horse but yes you do uh, yeah so anyway back to utah they're uh they're stirring some stuff up down there and uh you know you would you, I thought you came to mind instantly when I was like, man, I, we got to get on and I got to talk to somebody about this um, because you, and I don't, I don't know that you guys, when you had uh who was that biologist? He was from Wyoming, right? Jeff short, Jeff short, and, you had him uh, on and you guys were just
1: Gary Fralick.
0: Uh, Jeff Short sounds more familiar. Jeff
1: Short but... was the episode we did on point restrictions. He did the big that's, point restrictions That's study. the one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I don't think you guys knew or, or Utah wasn't in play yet necessarily with this. So you guys were just talking Wyoming stuff, probably.
1: Um, actually Jeff had done a whole West wide study on the history of point
0: restriction. Right. But at know, the t- this is an old, yeah. Old and track, I went, I know, went back and through and read that now and, and even hearing you, you know, and then reading it is just even more eye opening. but anyway, yeah. you know, you guys were, you guys were just kind of talking Wyoming or generalities I guess at the time, but I think it was Wyoming that was, had a bunch of a- APR talk at the time. Yeah.
1: Wyoming was the focus because this year part of their management strategy. Uh, that's right for the hard winter was to go that's right point restriction across all what do they have 17 subunits in the wyoming range i might not have that number yeah. right, but they, they put it across all of them where on other years it's it, 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 it they move it around a little bit yeah which what i took away from jeff's conversation is it's not you know for the listeners you know we're point restrictions don't Do what most people hope they're going to do but there are a few bright spots in there that if you apply them right and jeff brought that out in that episode of you know that they can help and so i know we'll be talking about that today because utah's about to dive back into them
0: yeah and so yeah and you know the the winds of change always blow strongest when things are not going well and i it Mm -hmm. (laughs) one thing you learn in life is it doesn't matter if it's at work it doesn't matter if it's with mule deer it doesn't matter if it's politics in the world as soon as something goes wrong people are smart enough to jump in that want to see an agenda pushed because that's their chance right yeah there's right. some exactly, co- there's dude. some quote about that but but yeah. that and that's i mean utah is taking it to a whole nother level um <clears throat> and i want to get you know ha- half of what we'll talk about is that apr stuff the other half is some very the most drastic weapon uh changes you know that I've seen now these are these are micro micro uh you know cases where they're they're isolating them to smaller units and so um but I'm I was very curious what you would think about this so so first of all let's let's just go back for for everybody and redefine it an apr antler point restriction and kind of again the. why don't
1: we take one step back further and let everybody know what what's going on with this whole process because i think unless you live in utah and even if you do okay you probably don't know what's going on with the whole rack process and the presentations because utah is like super early on this stuff compared to a lot of states
0: yeah yeah and they i don't completely understand it but the, if i organized it in my head utah's got you know, they've got the, 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 the department of natural resources, right. Their biologist team and and the state, and then they've got these, uh, and then they've got the, the, the actual, you know, it, it sounds to me, Robbie, do they have someone at the, at the state level that gets to actually implement, you know, uh, wildlife, you know, laws or, or these type of things, or who's, who's actually like, you know the the gavel drops and like they're the ones that make the final decision in Utah. Is it?
1: Well, let me just read their opening paragraph here because it kind of sums it up. And for anybody that wants to catch up on this, you can just go to the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources website. Go to their public meetings page. They've got everything on there, including videos of the proposals. But the opening paragraph is. The Utah Division of Wildlife Resources is proposing changes to several rules and is requesting the public's feedback. Over the next month, each of Utah's 5 regional advisory councils, also known as RACs, will meet to discuss these proposals and submit recommendations to the Utah Wildlife Board. Okay. The Utah Wildlife Board will then vote on the proposals. There so, you go. where we're at right now is in the in the in, in the public comment period and these regional RACs. advisory councils i believe you attended one last night right
0: yep so i i sat in a live one um and it, it was specific to the southern region right but these have like you said i think there's five you know picture utah being broke into five general regions and this was the southern region where i believe a hundred percent of these these uh new proposals or these uh you know Uh, theories or whatever they're testing are going to be implemented and so so the setting was there was the natural resource guy from the state that was the biologist that was there defending you know i don't i want to say defending he was just explaining he was the spokesman for why the 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 department had chosen these things right and then, then there was the rack uh, council, right? There's, there's actually, mm-hmm. there's gotta be nine or 11 of them at least. Cause there was, I think there was, geez, there was like nine in person and a few on the phone um, or, or no, there, there was, there's
1: f- there's five racks,
0: five racks. Of- yeah. But there was, you know, I think there's nine members probably um, I see. Plus, I a, see plus a, plus uh, a, anyway, it, it's, it's eight, nine, 10 members. And so, yeah, they they were there presenting these changes and and basically what they've proposed is <laughs> this this is let me give you Dustin's takeaway. The state doesn't want to look at any other outside data and they don't want to even look at their own past data. They want to just they want to like have these little test units and just redo all the all their studies, okay? And and so in other words, what, what they're doing and what they're proposing, and, and it's and we'll just leave it at that. It's it was it's proposal, but um they're basically, you know, they're 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 doing all these all these tests, right? And so in one unit specifically, um, the Pine Valley unit, they're they're the only change they're gonna make is they're gonna go they wanna go to a four point only uh APR, antler point restriction. You can only take four point bucks in another neighboring unit and i don't i don't remember all of them um like uh
1: beaver and southwest
0: beaver southwest uh, had some changes yeah, done they went
1: to a shortened general season dates
0: yep um a
1: two-week archery hunt and a five-day muzzleloader hunt so they only just a five-day uh any
0: legal weapon hunt okay so in those they only the only uh variable was the hunt dates right yep yeah the length of the hunt uh, and then on the, I think it was Dutton. the Dutton. Yeah. They they did both. They did the shortened dates, and they're proposing drastic weapon use uh, restrictions. Right? Is that do I have that right?
1: I'm looking at the list, and it says on the Dutton unit, weapon restrictions will be based on the recently passed definitions. It it does not include the shortened dates. They're okay. just going to go with. the the the, so taking scopes off of muzzle loaders is the the biggest change
0: but there's also somewhere there's a unit where the archery equipment has reverted back to longbow only
1: i heard him say that and i didn't it's not in the memorandum but i heard it in the video that one of them is going to be traditional arch no compound bows
0: no no compound bows and and (laughs) hold on though on on the muzzle loader it's traditional like 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 cap and ball, almost like no, you know what I no mean? Inline. No inline, like to- traditional musket with, with original, you know, uh, and, and open sight only on rifles. So in other words, your grandpa's 30, 30, uh, my new sharps that I got would work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but only, you know, rifles that only had single, uh, or, uh, open sights. Gosh. So I didn't catch that part. That's, yeah. That's interesting. Yep. And, uh we'll go
1: with the same season dates but but the but the new what it says the newly passed uh definitions for weapons restrictions so they're I, gonna, I they're going to try have a, a study area to take take everything back to 1958
0: <laughs> yes and so r- right off like you know that where here's the first thing i thought robbie tell me what you think is right off i'm like how can How could one unit possibly be compared to another unit, right? It's almost like they're taking these, these sample units and they're going to manipulate the variables and then assume that, okay, if, if a, if a four point APR happens to work the way they want it to in, in Pine Valley, boom, we're going to apply that to these other, you know, maybe six or eight other units where people also want to see trophy bucks, whatever. Am I wrong to think like the the one unit's going to act and be completely different with the same type of restriction possibly than another unit?
1: Well, I'm going to answer that one in long form. There's there's two other, there's four other unit, three other units in here we missed of what they're going to do. Um in the Boulder, um I never can say it. Kapowitz. Yeah. You live down there. What well, what is it? How do you say I, it?
0: I think, I can't say it either, Kuiperwitz. Yeah, Kuiper, <laughs> Kuiperwitz. Knows, so Kuiperwitz. It's that like Worcestershire sauce.
1: All three of the above strategies with weapons restrictions and shortened seasons and APRs. Although I don't think the weapons restrictions go all the way down to traditional only and no inlines, I think it was just no scopes. People need to jump in and watch these videos if they want the nitty gritty. But and then then they have like in any good study they have two reference units where they're not going to do anything, just going to leave it alone. The Monroe and the Zion. So back to your question, and and, and I want to preface this episode with I don't live in Utah. I've had a I've had one Utah tag. I've drawn three, two of them I turned back. Uh, in time so someone else could get them because i scouted and just didn't find what i wanted and um and or had hunt conflicts so i I, you know i have not spent a bunch of time in utah and it's not my state um you know it's the it's it's south of me you know i I know a lot of guys hunt down there but i I don't want to come across i know what's best for utah i'll just comment on just the intention of what you want to do on this podcast is just, just what do we think of these? So your question <laughs> is, can, can they isolate a unit and really conduct a study? I don't know, Dustin, but I got to kind of applaud Utah for trying some, some things out of the box here. And even if some of them maybe have been tried at different levels, like the four-point only, and it didn't work, well, go listen to the episode I did with Jeff Short. In cases, they can work if they're applied correctly and not left in place for a long, long time. And they, they, they they can bump up the number of bucks in the herd, although maybe not a bunch of big bucks. But anyways, but, but the other stuff about... You know, playing with season days, yes, that's been tried before. Heck, we've been all the way down to three-day three, three day seasons in Colorado and I think Utah too. And Three-day That seasons. was just enough of them to test that, okay, that's where hunter satisfaction starts to fall off. Because even though there's a lot of hardcore guys and everything, <laughs> if you look at the data across all the states, most guys hunt about four or five days, somewhere in there, no matter how long the season's open, and then they're done. And so by, you know, sometimes shortening seasons, it doesn't make that big of a difference. All right, but Utah wants to try it, so let's try it. And the whole weapons restriction thing, I, 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 I'm i glad they're going to try it because you know I've talked about it on on episodes on the Rockcast. That I, I'm not against long-range hunting because no one has shown me that it's making a significant difference on kill rates. Now, um, um, three it may seem like it hey, that little kid shot a buck at 500 yards. Well, that little kid may have shot a bucket a 100 yards yeah. 10 years ago with the old .6.
0: It's kind of what we're seeing with that is, you know, not that people aren't, like you said, taking longer shots. I think the number on the muzzle loader specifically, if we talk taking a muzzle loader from open sight, let's say 200-yard capability to, you know, I mean, on average, 400 yards at least with these scope mm-hmm. muzzle loaders the state of Utah since they, they made that change. I don't know, six or seven years ago,
1: 2016.
0: Okay. It's like three or 4% increase now yeah. that three or 4% of a, that's a, that's statewide of all the, all the deer permit. That's like three or four or 500 deer. I think
1: that's what he said. It was 400 deer statewide more that would be harvested with a three, two and a half to 3% improved success rate, 400 deer across the state by moving uh from open site to scope which when he said that i thought about it for a minute and i thought in any any individual hunter would not even be able to detect that because that's 400 deer across the whole state so you know that's a couple per unit maybe yeah um and 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 so, so i i but again this is why i'm glad they're they're looking into this because i didn't know that it's you know a couple months ago somebody said oh yeah how big of a difference do you think it makes for someone to have a scope muzzle loader i i just said oh yeah 30% 40% you know i'd have been pulling numbers out of my butt yeah. and 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 when they said that i'm like wow is it that low is it that small of a difference yeah and that's why i kind of have to applaud them of of at least they're going to try it and and see
0: well and and that, so that was one of the first things that stood out when the when the public comment came to be was you know and it was like 50 50 right just like things are in the world um half mm-hmm. the people were all for it half the people were appalled i guess now surprisingly when they voted it and they voted it i you know spoiler alert they voted it down and i think it's the third rack to vote this proposal down don't not when to you burst your up. bubble So
1: last night when you attended the meeting they voted down the equipment restriction rule
0: everything the rack now, again, this is, again, this is not the wildlife commission. Like you said, the ultimate right, vote This is just the rack. This yeah. is, the, this is when they go to these regional meetings, this is the third rack to completely vote down the entire proposal.
1: Okay. So not just the weapon restrictions, Mm-mm. but the entire um, study in, in, the South uh, yep. Southern units, all the studies we just said so far, they voted them down, but because they're advisory councils that, that, that that's, that's just a symbolic vote of, Hey, this these this region here does not want the, that the wild the wildlife board I think is are called in Utah yep. to implement these changes and okay, I'm with and
0: you. when that happened they made it very clear um you know to to I guess jump to the end so we can go back a little is they made it very clear that it it wasn't necessarily Robbie that they didn't like this or that they didn't weren't going to approve it or be in favor of it. They did not like how it happened and how fast it happened. In other words, this has only been on the table for like, what, three or four weeks, if that? Proposal, um
1: proposal, but the, the weapon restriction stuff, I believe that was all gathered through public comment last winter. The
0: muzzle loader, yeah, yeah, the, you're right. The okay. loader site probably has been the biggest one that I've heard of. I, I haven't heard of any of these other planned, like longbow only yeah. and stuff like I, that. I agree. Yeah, but, right. but it, you know, it, I'm sure that stuff's just kind of all just, you know, lumped in, right? But, um, yeah, they were not happy about, you know, how quick it happened. And most importantly, they have... <laughs> Like they need one more freaking committee, um, leave it to Utah, right, to have a committee for their committees. But um, they have a mule deer specific committee that's a statewide mule deer committee. And I don't know what or who that's made up of. It sounds like just any other committee where they're, you know, they probably appoint one biologist and one random person and one guy, you know, from the state and one outfitter and one guide or something like that would be my guess, but they have a specific mule deer committee and the mule deer committee had not had a chance or even been involved in this whatsoever. So, so that's, what's
1: given it traction to vote it down. That was a huge
0: so, part of voting it down. And, and, and the, the way that's that Utah's structured their changes and their plan, they call it right. Is they're on a, It's a four or five-year deal, and that ends, like, next year. And so a lot of the big argument was, you know, A, this is happening too quick, B, we haven't even consulted our mule deer committee, and C, we have a big, there's going to be a a restructuring of our quote-unquote plan for mule deer next year anyway, why not just use this time, you know, this next year or so to really dig into this and decide what we want to do?
1: Well, great, yeah. uh, That that's good. That's good to know because again, I'm still going to applaud Utah for trying. But great that the public's saying, "Hey, maybe we could support this. Maybe we can't too soon." Um, That still feels like a little bit of progress to me. um, Versus, and and you know, you've listened to my episodes before. Versus, let's just cut tags because (laughs) that's what that's the part that hopefully you're picking that up from me is. Can we do something else besides cut tags, Utah? just a few years ago had overnight, well, let me back up in the eighties, dude, when I was very first starting hunting know, Utah had the badge of honor of a quarter million deer tags sold. Now I'm not saying that was a good thing, but that, you know, they, 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 were able to, they were able to um, sell that many licenses and, um, uh, Maintain harvest rates, all that other stuff, and then you know, just over the years, you know, the 2000s and everything, it went down into the hundred thousand range, and just a couple years ago, it was I think ninety-four thousand, and now it's down in the low 60s, if I remember right, below sixty-five thousand. So, and having said that, I can't find a single Utah hunter that says the hunting is 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 that much better. You know, reduced tags by 40 percent in the last couple of years. And, and it's that much better. So I'm glad to be trying something else besides just slash permit well, numbers because everybody sits on this th- on the side like, yeah, if we cut permit numbers, we're gonna be fine. But man, I've been through all this cutting of permit numbers in other states for years. Yeah, you end up sitting on the sidelines almost the rest of your life. This whole thing of oh, I'm gonna get a hunt every other year. Uh, that's Robbie, not panning out in the good units
0: okay De- devil's advocate it with my questions here at least because i'm i'm that yeah. guy i'm that guy a little bit okay and and i you and you know your conversation with carter really comes up because you guys kind of this was like you know you could tell you guys agreed on 95 percent of things but then like all of a sudden <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it it yep. seems it seems like those of us who grew up or hunt or have roots down in the southern half of the world where deer maybe are more scarce in general. Um there's you know, we don't have the backcountry to hide bucks, right? Uh mm-hmm. you know, we don't have the vegetation for sure, like, you know, even the northern half of Utah compared to the southern half. And so I grew up now as a youth hunter, that was not the case. So don't you know this just applies to general adult type tags. But I just grew up where if you wanted to hunt the premium units, it was going to take three, four, five years of points right and we were completely okay with that there was a substantial amount of guys at this rack you know at least two or three uh that stood up in the public comment and were like this is you know this is (laughs) i mean (laughs) everything but you know uh you know swear words against their mother like this is so egregious that you would take away our family deer hunt and i want my tag every year and You could tell, Robbie, that they literally don't care about the quality or the maturity of the buck that they killed. They literally just want a tag and to go out in the mountains. And so I'm just asking where there has to be a line somewhere, Robbie, because down in those units, you can't just give everyone tags. And I'm telling you, 50% of the state would vote for just over-the-counter tags throughout the whole state of Utah, right? But there has to be... You know, and, and maybe it's right where it's at. Maybe there is room for less tags and wait a little bit longer and guys can migrate to other easier to draw units or something. But anyway, just what is that what is that compromise or that answer with, you know, tag cuts versus trophy quality and over the counter availability down in that half of the world?
1: Well, I don't live down there, so <laughs> I, I I'm a little out of my lane even commenting on it. So I gotta stay with the big picture. So I'll just hand back what I just said a minute ago. Utah had almost a hundred thousand deer permits just a few years ago, and now they have sixty, and everybody's bitching. Yeah, is it's not <laughs> low enough. So are we going to go to thirty thousand? Is that going to help it? I don't know, Dustin. But I can I can tell you this: so far, the 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 big sweeping tag cuts to me don't seem to be. Uh, taking us to the promised land like a lot of the big buck hunters do of which I'm in that camp and then I was trying to remind everybody I had to I had to swallow this pill a long time ago when I really started working with fishing game and volunteering and really getting the 10,000 foot picture of game management and people are going to hate me for saying this but the resource is not just for the big buck hunters Okay, that guy that stood up in the meeting and made an impassioned plea that he wants to take his family hunting has just as much right to the resource as us. So I get a little cringy when people are saying, oh, they don't even care about the resource. No, they care about the resource. They they care about the resource. They care about the resource as much as they understand it and utilize it. And because I've grown grown up around a lot of that. And again, this is this is not apples to apples because you make a great point. The southern the southern deer can be more vulnerable no backcountry, more roads more susceptible to drought things like that um the those guys that went out and got a two point no no harm by me man they're gone by the second day of the season and i and 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 jeff short talked about this gary fralick talked about this a lot of those two points die anyways. That's a lot. There, there's a there, there's a lot of mortality in those age classes anyway. So so not all of them you know are gonna die. Not not even not even close. But it's not like every hunter that doesn't shoot a two point that that two point is gonna survive. Now yeah. there is an inflection point where you harvest too many. I'm not saying harvest is not too high in some years. I'm not at all. Not at all. I think one of the best thing Utah did was go to uh, the model that Colorado did and managing on a on a unit by unit basis. I think I think that's smart because you know, back to what we started, very started talking about. Can you just take a unit and study it? Well, yeah, yeah, you can actually. One unit doesn't mean it's going to, you can extrapolate your data to the next unit, but at least you know what's going on. And I have to applaud Utah for for managing that way. And I think they almost have to. I wish, I wish Wyoming,
0: have. yeah, I wish Wyoming would get on that a little bit more. Yeah.
1: So anyways, Dustin, I don't have the answer, dude, but I just keep pointing to the fact that, well, we're cutting tags now in a lot of places and it's it it, a lot of people are still complaining that's that's really where i got to stay because i don't have any data beyond that is it is i just know this i can tell you this when you cut them you very rarely get them back that's what scares me you rarely get to go the other way
0: well i don't know about that because because at least in utah let's look at utah as as an example only because i don't i'm not sure how all these other states decide what their tags numbers are going to be um but utah is robbie they're very strictly buck to doe ratio and for instance on i think pine valley was the only unit that at least got at least didn't cut tags but possibly increased last year i i or this year yeah
1: i think there was an increase down there that was kind of what some people were complaining about because it's like well we had a hard winter but they didn't have one down there
0: right right and and all it took was 0.5 0.5 above the minimum right i think their target down there's 15 to 18 buck per doe on that unit yeah. and and uh all it took was like an 18.5 robbie and guess what they did Boop, they bumped the tags yeah, up permits. okay right. so i don't i don't nec- i i agree with everything you said obviously <laughs> i'm not you know but but i feel like utah is actually the other way they're almost a little trigger happy um when they get that number. And and here's the kicker is I've heard I've heard guys that are, are that do live down there and are really close to it, that those guys, those biologists can use either the individual last year or the three year average if they want. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they can kind of like, well, how do we want this to go? Well, last year we had 22 buck per doe or this year, whatever. So you know, but the previous year's average of three was only, you know, 17, but they can still justify it that way or whatever. So I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that that happens. I'm just saying it seems like they have that that leeway in utah i don't right. i but don't get a the impression level we've yes. gone
1: from ninety-five thousand deer tags right. to sixty thousand. everybody's that's that's what i mean you're yeah the, right. the numbers they've adjusted them up and down yeah the numbers but, still
0: they are what they are you're right
1: yeah, but when tags get cut uh, you usually you, you can almost count on them not coming back i can i can count I, I got 10 fingers and i can fill each one with a hunt in idaho that has been taken away or limited or tags dropped and it's not come back. Yeah. And, and some of that is winters and I get, I, I totally get all that, but that's why I'm real careful when I say, oh yeah, let's just keep cutting tax, Let's keep, keep cutting opportunity, so I can get a big buck. Um, because at some point we'll, we'll hit that inflection point where there's more big bucks on the landscape and it's not 2000 now. The internet is not a baby anymore. All right there's not just a little three page stapled flyer from um garth carter that, that came out that showed you the units now yeah. no every single everything person yeah. can access this data and there's not one hunt that can pop up now that people are not all over there's so many people sitting on the sidelines with points so many people it doesn't matter how good the deer hunting gets because of limited quota hunting if you are not sitting there with a big flush of points you are not likely not going to be able to uh, take advantage of it especially if you're a non-resident now if you're a resident you may have a little advantage but dude some of the stuff i hear out of southern Utah is guys are bitching now because they they're residents and they're having to wait i don't know the numbers because i don't there you go thank you Three, three four years three four years probably okay there you go, buddy. Right there. And is the hunting drastically better? I hear it's not. And then, yeah, when I stand back again, it's like, well, yeah, man. a Massive drought in what, what nineteen twenty. I mean, they really got set back on their heels. You know, it seems to be healing up right now. Um, and so, you know, if we're gonna battle weather with with nothing but permit cuts, I don't know, Dustin. It's it's I, I'm not I, I'm I'm not saying that. That that you can't do that. I'm not even saying I wouldn't support it in in some cases, but if it just becomes the easy button on the desktop, cut permits, cut permits, cut permits, cut permits, cut permits. Dude, (laughs) ten years from now, I hate to think what it's going to be like based on what has happened in the last ten as far as hunt opportunity.
0: Well, and and is is another way to look at that as as I'm kind of processing it. Like, is it one of those things where if the deer herd's struggling, okay? If there aren't, if there's half as many bucks or mature bucks or whatever, then it doesn't matter how many tags are out there. There's not bucks to kill. And if there is bucks, then, then, you know, then it's going to work itself out that way too. But like, it's almost one of those anomalies where, you know, the, the bucks will take care of themselves. If there's not bucks to kill, then they can't kill the bucks. Right. I mean, is that kind of like a, yeah,
1: but I think that's a big cop out and that's not sound wildlife management either. I know, I know, you know, we do that. Like, like it's funny. And Jeff Short even said it. He says, you know, we're putting in a a three-pointer better this year because that's what the public wants. Uh, This is Wyoming specifically, hard winter units, you know, epic winter. Um, And he said, so we're basically trying to protect a segment of bucks that doesn't even really exist. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I guess I didn't think about that. Um, You know, and that's that's the problem with this knee-jerk stuff, Dustin. And um, and Gary Fralick said it just a few weeks ago in that, that Wyoming. I think you shared it in fact on Instagram when Gary was saying, yeah, we we implemented a bunch of things and then he had a little disclaimer there that you know the public wanted them, but there hasn't really been evidence that this stuff is gonna work <laughs> yeah. on a wide scale. You know, and I, th- I think he was referring to the APRs, you know, lot more increased lion harvest, you know, stuff like that. So dude, I'm getting off the rails again, like I always do. Um all I know, this is what I like. This is what I like. Utah is having the debate, and people are getting involved, and e- even if they're, they're passionate on both sides, that's okay. That's what we need. That's what this country was founded on, and, and the great thing is we have, we have, you know, what, eight, nine, ten Western states, depending on how you, how, how you count them, and they all have different management strategies, and we can all steal and borrow from each other and see what has worked um, and, and, and apply that or try it or not try it. That, that's the part that's refreshing to me, that at least they're trying, and I'm not saying they're going to get it right, but I know one thing. The whole slash, slash, slash mentality is not producing what we thought it would. And and now, you know, a lot of people point to Colorado in 99 when they slat, they cut deer hunting pressure roughly in half, let's say. It worked. There was no doubt. They had favorable weather to help to help uh, along the way, you know, 2000 through 2007. That's, Colorado. When, it, it was that's very, when it boomed. Mm-hmm. It did, but but I will not say that it wasn't the permit numbers that helped. No, they totally helped. It made a big difference. But but that's not sustainable. The internet was a baby. Yeah. Hunting Fool was just now becoming a a, a glossy publication from a newsletter uh, style publication, and you know they were gaining thousands of members a year. And I'm not just picking on Hunting Fool. I'm not picking on them at all. I'm just saying that was the information resource at the time. You know that's been multiplied by ten now, and um. um it, it, it was hard for people to adapt to that change in Colorado. And dude, I had been hunting Colorado since '93, and I still it caught me off guard. This big recovery that they had. You know, I was still focusing on their heavy limited quota units. Had always been limited quota, and yet my buddies are like, "Dude, look at this buck we got. We we got on the leftover list. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't even a leftover yeah. list back then. It was just a leftover tag. You know, you just buy it just over the phone. Go buy it. Yeah. And, and dude, I'm like, well, that's a better buck than what I'm seeing here. <laughs> it caught us off guard, and 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 so the and and we didn't have all the point holders. Were sitting on the sidelines, that could just jump on every opportunity, and we all had to build. I mean, I had like one or two points. We had to build points, and uh, you know, some of the stuff didn't even take points. I we couldn't duplicate that now. If it, let's just say Utah went to you know very low permit numbers, thirty thousand permits, and um, um you know the buck the buck population just boomed, and there you know eighteen hot units. It wouldn't we wouldn't be able to take advantage of it in my mind, like like we did in Colorado. Uh, because there's too many people sitting sitting there that could just jump on the opportunity yeah. now. And, and the information travels too fast. Colorado, it still took a few years for people to really realize what was Catch going on. on in Colorado, man. I remember sitting in the cafe talking to Garth Carter and, um, uh, um, and, and even he was like, my gosh, I can't, every unit we scout is just full of big bucks and it wasn't a couple of years ago. And, and that's why uh, that, that book review I did, with uh, David Knight that was on the Rockcast a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about those days about just all the hay fields are full of giant bucks and leftover, uh, tags were, you know, that were equivalent to a, uh, tag now that would take 10 or 15 points to draw because people just it just caught them by surprise that would not happen now that that that, that's what i'm saying that would not happen now any great opportunity is going to be if it's limited if it's limited through tag numbers there's not going to be enough Uh, you're any individual hunter there will not be enough tags for you to be able to count on hunting it
0: yeah Yeah. I mean, we, we were what I would just call an average, you know, run of the mill deer hunters when I was in that era, right. Growing up 2000, early two thousands, it wasn't even on our radar. Right. We didn't, I mean, I'm, I don't know that we were subscribed to that, you know, one or two magazines or whatever, but still like, you know, it wasn't until my brother and I kind of got into for, you know, er, like 2007, 2008, when we really started taking this all serious and we, started seeing right there's always a lag on those those hunt film videos and stuff and we'd see Mm -hmm. you know david long uh you know all (laughs) of a sudden just i mean every year he's on a bow hunt right with his matthews or whatever he had just smoking a 190 inch deer in the in the you know we all knew where he was once we saw it but but how big a lag did that take for you know that film to come out and and it to circulate and everyone to see it i mean that was how you got information and You know, it took, like you said, it took eight years for people to, to really like move to a unit. And now it takes eight minutes. Um, (laughs) You you got it. Yeah. So
1: that's what I think has changed. And I think that's why we got to keep beating up these deer proposals and, you know, do better management now. Oh, I'm I'm for all of that stuff. But, you know, if we think we're going to create a deer hunting Mecca that only us are going to know about. Nope. Those days are over. That's never coming back. You are not going to get that toothpaste back in the tube.
0: You know and 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 maybe to to sum up holistically right, for the guy because because I listen, I am the guy, I want the big, 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 big bucks. I will vote every single time, Robbie, every time the surveys come through, whether it's Wyoming or Utah or you know friggin Alabama, I don't care. I'm gonna vote that we that we do everything we can to put more bigger bucks on the landscape and and limit a little opportunity while swallowing the pill that you mentioned about understanding that that's okay if everyone else doesn't want that and i have to be part of the team so to speak right and so that that pill for me is about halfway down the gullet right now right Mm because a couple years ago i would have you know we would have just not seen eye to eye but i'm with you i am because it. i can't it's not my prerogative to tell them you know, we can lead by example and hey, I'm you know, I I passed on multiple bucks this year alone, right? That we're in that, that one sixty pushing mm-hmm. one seventy probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and all all we can do is just, hey, you know, maybe if you if you want bigger, you know, like hey, maybe if this is something you want that you uh pass on bucks too. Uh, but it's not my prerogative to tell those guys how they get to utilize the the resource. Um so that being said too uh, you and I have the, the luxury, not luxury, but we have the ability to go hunt other states. Right. And so Mm -hmm. on a micro level, I, I hear, you know, like you're saying, like, uh, let's make it, you know, easier to get tags and let's keep tag numbers and think of other ways. And on a micro level, I'm like, ah, but then on the big picture, I've always believed that big not not even big buck, but just guys who are in it, guys who are really in it. Like I feel like we are, they always find a way they always can, you know, whether it's okay this year, I know, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to Colorado cause I have the points now cause I've been building them. But next year I'm going to, this year, I'm going to jump into, you know, Idaho. Um, you know, th- like this year I passed on getting a over the counter Idaho tag. Cause I was like, well, I'm going to hunt this and this. I probably won't do that this year. I'll probably try and grab a tag, right? So anyway, the the guys who are willing to move around the West um, and are building points in multiple states, you, you can kind of, you know, in other words, just tell me where the rules are. And where Utah's gonna fall, and I'll use them to my advantage. Does that make sense? Like
1: yeah, totally dude. And I yeah. think it doesn't even have to apply to guys that jump around a lot. They could apply to the residents too. Probably dude, maybe even more so, because they have more access to the tags and they can really fine-tune their their uh, let call it an application strategy, they can really fine tune it. And 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 dude, there's so much opportunity in Idaho right now, even with the restrictions, even though there's not a lot of big bucks right now. And I don't blame the fishing game for that, man. You know, we, we have gone through epic winners and 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 not just this last year but 16 17 18 in a lot of places you know i I can't lay that on fishing games feet but what you just said the whole principle of you can find a way to, to access bigger, mature bucks. Yeah, maybe we're not going to have a bunch of 230s on the landscape. Okay, I get it. Uh, we Honestly, we never really have, maybe since the 60s, and even then most guys weren't getting them. I got a whole bunch of uncles that are 70 to 80 years old that didn't get them, and they grew up in the heyday. <laughs> and um different discussion but but you you can find a way i think as long as the deer herd is managed well enough and that's why i just don't want to overmanage the deer herd to where there's no opportunity at all and i don't want to I, I the 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 the, the, uh, the other i don't even know if it's half it's probably more than half every survey they do in every state dustin people rank high that they want to be able to hunt every year just like that guy that was impassioned mm. at the meeting last night that's his family and everything i'm not afraid of those guys i'm really not i don't think they're taking that much opportunity from us under under a, in a lot of units especially with october dates and you know if we especially if we start t- tuning back our technology and everything i think we can have a little bit of uh, of it all and and to your point we can find a way to still hunt those i hunted a unit just a couple weeks ago in colorado that was not a great unit you can get it zero points every single year i still saw a 180 buck and almost killed him how good does it need to be i'd rather <laughs> have a chance to kill that 180 yeah. and and get to go again next year or no more than another year then hey man i guess you and you know this there's a couple of units down there man you have a legitimate chance at 200 i'm never gonna get out on them i don't even care about those units yeah. you know what i mean yeah uh, so so yeah you can you can use this you can use this stuff to to find find ways to hunt but i just don't want to be the you know get off my lawn you're not hunting here you know because that that's just what it feels like when when i when i talk to a lot of guys you know they're anti-hunting hunters is what they are they are so pissed off when someone gets a two point and someone gets a three point if it's you know if they didn't get a big I and mean, you know what if they get a big buck they're still they still find a reason to pick it apart i just don't want to be in that crowd
0: yeah, and and to to almost circle back where we started, which which I feel like was kind of the the APRs, right? Which which of all of the stuff that was proposed down there, um, and man, the data. Like if just that one study that I went that you referenced, uh, with Jeff, I think, and you know went back and they had, you know, they've got a half a dozen different examples out of the state of Wyoming, and then another half dozen in the state of Wyoming of it not working long term, mm-hmm. um, you know. My my knee jerk when I heard the APR was, ah, that's, that's the answer. And Robbie, I was actually right. And the reason I was right is because I had a big assumption that wasn't true in my head. And that assumption was, oh, if we put in these four point APRs, for example, other guys are like me and they're, 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 they're not still not going to kill a two and a half year old four point because that's not what right. we're after, right? Right. People who hunt four point bucks are after the hundred and eighty inch buck, so that's perfect because it you know it forces even the the guy who will shoot the two point. I was wrong with that assumption, and that that's why it was wrong, right? And and so that that principle or that that idea that I had to wrap around my head when you said, or you and Jeff were talking about, hey, you know it's okay because these guys are going to go kill a buck that you're not even after anyway. <laughs> right. Like, right. like these guys just want to take their two point home um, mm-hmm. that it wasn't the buck that you were after anyway, you know, and now the three and a half year old deer that you're after next year got to, got the pass. Cause you know, or the, or, or even the two and a half year old deer that happened to sneak through because there's less pressure on that, you know, that two and a half year old that's already got four points because he's got awesome genetics, there's a little less pressure. And they, they even had those numbers like, you know, it drops from anyway, it doesn't matter. Right. But... I,
1: th- I, th- I think what you're saying is, and that's what I realized, too, is that when I, when I put in an APR, I'm making everybody a big buck. hunter. They're all chasing. That's my why I'm not against the guy that stands up at the meeting and says, man, we just want to go get a two point. That's okay with me. Yeah. Let's manage so that there's enough opportunity that he can do that. Because if yeah. I make him stick around uh, uh, with, with an APR, now I'm making him a big buck hunter. Now he's after the bucks. I really want to want to get, you know, or, and, and, so I, and, and that's why I think, and, and Jeff said APRs can work in the short term. They can buck up, bump up a buck to do a Show you know in in a couple of years you can see it go up, but once they get above, you know, two and a half, three and a half years old, everybody's going to that unit.
0: Yeah, and and so then... <laughs> and, and is that is that buck doe ratio with mature bucks or is that with one and a half year old bucks? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah right. i can't remember <laughs> but but you know you said it go look at the study everybody is out there jeff short a wyoming biologist um uh but but i'm still not against utah at least trying some of these things and if it all gets shot down at the rest of the rack meetings they don't approve it. okay well at least we had the debate but i would be happy to see this get approved and of course it's not in my backyard and i'm sure that's why those guys are voting against it you know yeah. but it would be kind of cool to see what, what would come out of this. It would answer a lot of questions for a lot of us. You know, Would what is limiting technology even going to make that big of a deal? Right. You know, I've always said that if it's not going to work, why try it? Why do it? But we don't know. Cause we have never done that. And, you know, studying all that, those different units with the different management seasons, man, that it's worth a try, but, but yeah. if it doesn't pass, I hope we don't just give up and keep cutting permit numbers. I'll, I'll end on that Dustin.
0: Yeah. Yep, and so it, it it was very much again to to wrap up. It was very much not over. It was just you know the the impression I got was okay. They're all they all want to take a deep breath and go back to their corners and really think this through and and put it through the right channels. So you know don't don't think that hey if this is the first time hearing of this or you know or maybe I you know I thought originally this stuff didn't apply to me um, but now you're thinking man I actually have an opinion or whatever it's not over right this was just in fact like Robbie said this is just three of the of the five racks we I think um and and all they did was just table it basically and say hey hold on let's go through a couple more channels here I imagine that there will be a massive big uh push if if this all does get voted down and who knows I know how Utah can work i I wouldn't surprise me if that wildlife commission can override the whole thing and say, okay, great. We don't care what they happened at the rack and they voted in anyway, wouldn't even surprise me in Utah, but, uh, regardless, it's not, it's not done and out. It's just tabled for the moment and and still very much, uh, going to be discussed. I'm sure. So Robbie. Yeah
1: you bet buddy i'm with you man let's try to do an episode when we when, when we hear more and everything because you're great because you've hunted down there you've lived there for 10 years and um uh it, it'd be great to kind of run run this back through through you again and, and discuss this stuff and i really appreciate you having me on today
0: yeah yeah hey and at this point if uh, nothing else we probably always run into each other at the hunt expo in a few months so I'm uh, dude, sure. I just
1: look for the hat. I just look for the hat. There he is right there. Oh, oh we've got a rock star. Oh, he's drinking rock stars, man. It's big time now. He's not drinking the dollar dollar energy drinks. He's back up to the $3, man. You must be doing pretty good at Gunworks over there. <laughs> uh,
0: and, and the... Hey,
1: dude, speaking of Gunworks, man, you guys are a rock slide advertiser, man. I want to see you a little bit more on the side, dude. I want to see you. Uh, we're going to have our cold bore challenge again this spring. Um, hmm. Dude, you need to get in that. That's fun. And uh, come out and uh, show us cold, cold bores yeah we did a cold yeah. bore last year uh 400 yards minimum uh you had to qualify at 400 yards minimum i think two shots within a 10 inch uh, uh plate whatever you put up and uh cold bore different days and then if you got two in there you could move to any yardage beyond 600 it had to be a minimum of 600 then and then uh two cold bores different days uh, you hit that, then you're, then you're qualified for prizes and, and it was pretty fun. And, and like, like it was in our cold bow challenge, Archery. it was a big, big eye opener for a lot of guys. They never got to shoot the 600 cause they couldn't qualify at the 400. <laughs> and these are guys that, you know, thought that they were proficient mm-hmm. to seven, eight and and kudos to them for admitting it, you know, cause that's the hard thing about these cold bows and cold bores, man. You, you got to admit it to the world. I missed <laughs> So we'd love to see you in that brother.
0: You, you make sure, Hey, hopefully by then I'm through all the, uh, the AVB thread, uh, posts and I have time to.
1: gosh dude i I don't know how to feel about those threads that poor guy i think i think he got his dues and and we've been watching it pretty close on rock slide and uh you know most of us just kind of memes and stuff like that we we've we've done away with all the name calling and everything but but yeah they're pretty addicting dude it's pretty hard for me not to click on them too
0: that's a that's a whole podcast for another day
1: there you go man
0: all right brother okay brother always thank you thank you yep see ya Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.